Alright, hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Space Radio Podcast. So, this is something I've been kind of considering for a little while and now, today, this morning, I just woke up and I was like, eh, why don't we do a podcast? So, we're gonna do a podcast. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of the musicians that I listen to these days have been doing podcasts and you know, learning a lot from it, too. It's not just that they're talking to people and putting it out on the internet. They're really learning stuff and digging deep into other people's psyches and whatnot. It's really cool. So I put together a list of a couple people that I want to have on here. Uh, But I'm not going to reveal any of them today. (laughs) I'll keep that to myself and keep releasing these podcasts whenever... I have someone, you know, come by who I can talk to and really uh, get into who they are and what they've been doing, because that's what I'd really like to do. Some of that stuff can be translated into songs or mantras to follow in life or anything, you know, or just good ideas to go by, Um, which is a lot of the stuff that I've been finding in other people's podcasts these days. Like, this one guy who I just recently started listening to, uh, I apologize if I butcher his name, uh, Daniel Donato. He's just awesome. This guy is, I think, 25 years old, so he's he's five years older than me. And he just pumps out content. And that's something that I'd like to do. Something that I aspire to do is just be able to wake up in the morning and just freaking go for it. Just... You know, make your tea or make your coffee and go for it. Record a podcast, write a song, you know, analyze some music and get something out of it or read something, learn something, you know, something that I aspire to be able to do because a lot of the times, you know, I'm getting out of my teenage years where (laughs) you just kind of want to sit around in bed. But now I feel like it's time to turn that switch off and really get into music and what I want to do with my life so that brings us to this podcast so unfortunately I won't be having anyone join me today because this is the first one and I don't want anyone else joining me if this is going to be a train wreck so hopefully it won't be and I'll be able to have some other people on this which would be really cool but first off we're going to just start um talking about myself How I've got to this point that I am today, why I chose to play music, what made me, you know, play the gigs that I've played and join the bands that I joined and all that kind of stuff. We're going to dig really deep into that, which should be really cool. I haven't explained this for anyone really in depth. I mean... My parents, I'm sure, know my story. They were there for all of it. But other than that, people know bits and pieces of it, but only me and my parents really know the full story of it. Um, So it really started off with when I was born. And my parents had, were, I believe they were both born in the 50s, uh, or or late 50s, uh, mid to late 50s, and... They obviously grew up with the Beatles being around and, or well, coming around, really. They got to experience that 
um, like my mom told me when she was in elementary school, the teacher gave them the coolest project. The teacher told them that they had to uh, draw a picture of Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. Obviously, Stra Strawberry Fields being a picture of Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles and Penny Lane, Penny Lane by the Beatles. But I just thought that was such a cool project to integrate popular music and obviously such a massive uh, cult following for the Beatles. That was so cool to me to think that they had that big of an impact that they, at the time they were around, impacted schools and were being brought up in schools and used to teach kids how to draw or maybe even something deeper, like how to analyze poetry or stuff like that. Because I know we did that in school when I was younger, but we analyzed not stupid poetry, but stuff that I didn't relate to, like uh, the path least cho whatever it was by Robert Frost, uh, the path least chosen or whatever it was called. We analyzed that. I would rather analyze Strawberry Fields over that if you ask me, but that's that's just me. Some other people would probably analyze Rap God by Eminem or whatever that song's called. And, you know, everyone has different preferences, but I just thought that the teacher giving them an assignment to draw Strawberry Fields was really cool. So... Obviously, my parents grew up around all the music that I listen to today. So by the time I was born, that's all they played around me. They didn't play any new music because they never listened to that stuff. So when I was born, I was like, oh, man, there's so much good music coming out today. I thought like Elton John and the Beatles and all of them, they were around in 2000. I thought they were coming out with new albums in 2000 and like Sgt. Pepper had come out in 2005. But I slowly realized that wasn't the case, and music had changed a lot since then. And I realized that I was quite an outcast, because I... By the time, by the time I realized this, I must have been maybe 8, 9, or 10. And I just was so entrenched in classic rock and roll music that I had no interest, really, in popular music of today. Not, that, not to say that it's all bad, I just was so accustomed to real instruments, real drums, guitar, keyboards, uh, or I'm sorry, like piano, and stuff like that, vocals, without any help from the computer, you know. No auto-tune. I was so used to that, that when I heard new music, I was like, what is this? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's all manufactured. What's... It didn't, uh, it didn't click with me. Now, after a long time of listening to it and going to parties and hearing that music, I can understand why people like it. Because it's fun. Um, and it's fun in a different sense from the music that I listen to, I guess. Um, but I digress. So, my parents raised me with that kind of music. I barely even knew any of the sort of music that was around today. And in 2010, I believe, maybe it was a bit before that, on Christmas, they got me my very first right-handed guitar. <laughs> and if any of you know me, that's a problem, because I naturally play guitar left-handed. <laughs> so I told them, I was like, I can't play this. I picked it up, and I just <laughs> I held it lefty, and they were like, David, what are you doing? I was like, this is the way I play. 
So they took it back <laughs> the next day and got me a left-handed guitar, and that was it. I started playing, and I started taking lessons at A to Z Music. And oh my god, was that mistake. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. Uh, I don't quite recall the guy's name who taught me because it was so long ago. This is ten years ago at this point, but I got there and... I just remember he w he walked into the room, and the first thing he did was sat down, and then he burped, and he was like, Oh, excuse me, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to our lesson. And he started teaching me stuff. He started teaching me chords. And by the end of the lesson, he said, Okay, for our next lesson, give me a song that you want to learn. So I said Hotel California, because that was my hands-down favorite song of all time. Like, I, I remember the first time I heard it when I was five in the car. Maybe even earlier than that, but I remember the first time I heard it. And after it finished, I looked at my parents. I said, what, what was that song? California Hotel? What, what was it called? And <laughs> I remember they laughed at me. But that was the song. I mean, the guitar solo at the end of it. Joe Walsh immediately became a hero of mine after that, so... He was one of the greatest inspirations, and still is one of the greatest inspirations of my musical career. So I asked the A to Z music uh, teacher if he could teach me that song. So he wrote down the chords and whatnot, and he gave them to me, and I went home. And when I got there and I started playing the chords, I said, Oh, you, you know what? Something's, something's a little off here. Something doesn't sound right. It's not in the same key, I don't think. Because I didn't know what the hell, you know, or what the heck anything was going on in music. Uh, so I didn't know keys. I didn't know barely new chords. I just had one lesson, so I knew maybe, like, what a C chord was. But other than that, I had no understanding of basic music theory or what a key was. But I knew something was off. So I took a couple more lessons with him, and I just realized that... <laughs> I was surrounded by knuckleheads in that place. Like, I was getting nowhere. I wasn't learning anything. Or, well, I was learning stuff, but I wasn't learning it professionally. I was learning it sort of casually, and I wasn't okay with that. I wanted to be taught at a level where I could see loads of progress being made, and not just tiny little steps of progress. And yeah, I know when you begin, it's supposed to be baby steps, but I'm not like that. I like to I like to hit the ground running. That's the way I am. So, I stopped taking lessons there, and I kind of thought that I was going to be able to go off and teach myself guitar from what I learned. But, alas, I was wrong. Very wrong. Very, very wrong. Because I had no understanding of music theory, like I said. So... Uh, maybe a year later or something like that, I asked my parents if they could find me a private teacher. Someone who would listen to me and not just give me a predetermined course, I guess. Like a predetermined course. He already knew what he was going to teach me. Whereas with this new teacher that I got, this private teacher, he more listened to what I wanted to learn. Which at the time I was really into the Black Crows, I remember. So he taught me a lot of Black Crows songs. And from that, I started to learn music theory. And more importantly, 
blues music theory, which, you know, people might necessarily not necessarily call it blues music theory. They're just going to call it blues. But I feel that when it comes to music theory, which is more classical or romantic or stuff like that, the blues music theory is kind of different because the chord progressions that are allowed are a bit different. A one is allowed to be like seven, and the four can also be a dominant seven, and it's just a whole bunch of, it's a whole different animal compared to classical, where you can only have like, oh, the one goes to the five, the five goes to the six, the six goes to the four, and the four then goes to the one. In blues, it's like, oh, the one could go anywhere, and then that chord after that could go anywhere, and then you just kind of end up at one at the end of it. So it's just a completely different animal. And to learn some of the tropes of blues at such a young age was very important to my playing because I wasn't necessarily into the blues at the time. But for classic rock and learning that uh, world of music, the blues is so important. It's like, you know, how jazz and blues are so important in... All of the music that is played today, obviously, it had just as much of a role in forming classic rock and psychedelic rock and country and all of these things. I mean, country really, I think, came from the blues because the blues had... I feel like the blues was the first sort of music that aimed to evoke emotion and sadness or maybe it was not the first kind, but it was the biggest kind of music that aimed to lyrically evoke sadness and pain and sorrow, but can also evoke happiness and joy. And that really translated into country, I feel. Because country, oh my gosh, you listen to Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and all of the Oak Ridge uh, brothers and uh, Larry Gatlin, they all have such deep lyrics that really, I feel, originated from listening to the blues and whatever influences the blues, you know? And all that kind of stuff. Delta stuff. So, once I got an understanding of all of the blues music theory and how to solo from these lessons that I took, I once again decided I'm going off on my own. So, I went off on my own and began to teach myself how to really listen and solo and do all of these things that a musician should be able to do in real time while they're playing. Listen to your band. Pay attention to what you're playing. Know what you're playing. And evolve it. And these were things that I started to begin to learn on my own when I listened to The Black Crows and they started jamming and whatnot. So, after that, I really thought, okay, I think I'm ready to start doing shows. So, I went off to a local bar that one of my old friend's father owns, and he said, yeah, sure, you can play there. So I got up on stage, and I remember the first line I said was, hi, my name is David Coster. I'm, I believe, 13 years old. And I'm here to play classic rock. And I just went for it, man. I played Remedy by the Black Crows. 
And then I remember the owner who let me on stage came up on stage to play a couple songs with me. Because I wasn't singing at that point. I was just playing. So he came up on stage and he helped me out, which was really nice of him. And I don't remember what songs we played. I think Knocking on Heaven's Door was in there. Um, most likely the Guns N' Roses version at that point in my life. I really liked that version and on top of the Bob Dylan version. Not that the Bob Dylan version's bad, but I was like, yeah, electric guitar. <laughs> so, I played there and... Nothing really came out of it, but it was, it was my first time playing somewhere, and that was a big deal for me. And after that, I decided I wanted to try and find a band. So my father and I went to Guitar Center, and he found an ad on the wall that said, We're looking for a guitarist, and we're going to do open mic nights around Bristol and the sort of that, that area. They said, Call this number. And we'll, we'll hook you up with our, our practice spot. So, we called. And they answered. And they said, alright, you're in the band. <laughs> Come to practice. So, I think they practiced every Wednesday. And this was where I learned probably the most about music. This was with Dave Furman and his band, Bandcamp. So, Dave... And his buddy Randy and I, we formed a band called Bandcamp. Randy on the drums, Dave on the bass, myself on guitar, and no vocals. <laughs> so we just kept going to open mic nights and playing. And we never got paid because we couldn't get a gig because we didn't have a singer or anything. And we were playing all classic rock songs. So everyone would be sitting there like, oh, is this Sweet Home Alabama? Yep, yeah, I'm not sure. They don't have a singer. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that we had to deal with. Or not had to deal with, but that's what we were doing. We just went around and played open mic nights. And it was a great way for me to get into the scene. I met a lot of people that way. And I learned a lot about playing with a band, too, from Dave. He taught me about, you know, don't be too loud. And don't always shred all the time. Keep it in the pocket. As you would say. Keep it in the pocket. And then you can you can bring it out later. But you don't always have to have it out. You can keep it in the pocket for a little while. So after a while of playing with them and not really getting paid, I was starting to look for an act that would get me some money. So I started to look around for kids that were my age. Because, you know, Dave and Randy, they were... They were in their 50s or 60s at the time, so I enjoyed playing with them, but it wasn't like I was close friends with them, per se, because I was just a, I was just a 14-year-old, and I was like, uh, they're 60, I need to play with people my age, which I really didn't, but I wanted to. Uh, so I went off and found this band that was playing about, like, one town over, and... It, the reason, or the way that I found them was through my dentist. Because the dentist's daughter was in the band. So, went off and met the, met the girl. Did an open mic night with her and her boyfriend at the time. 
And that went pretty well, except for the fact I think we did a meatloaf song. Hot Summer Nights, or what? what is that called? Was a hot summer night and the... Da, 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 da. That, that song. Um, took the words right out of my mouth. I think that's the one. And we did that, and it was just a train wreck. But we had a lot of fun. Uh, and we also did House of the Rising Sun. Um, and so after that, we did another open mic night. And this time, the girl, her boyfriend, and another member of their band, the bassist, came. And the four of us were like, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this group. We should start a band. But we need a drummer. So they knew someone from School of Rock. Now, we all were in the same grade. But this kid from School of Rock was a freshman in high school while we were all juniors, I believe. And I was like, a freshman, man, he's young. I don't I don't know if I can play with a freshman. Um But lo and behold, I didn't know this kid was literally God on every instrument. Um And his name was Brendan King. So Brendan He he's just amazing. Just amazing. Plays drums, guitar, uh Andrew plays the bass, and we have another Brendan. <laughs> he was the boyfriend. He plays guitar, and then the girl, she eventually left the band. But the four of us, we became Fahrenheit, and we played around the Bristol area. All our friends would come, and they would love it. They were like, ah, yeah, Fahrenheit concert, woo! And it was just good times. It was just great times. Great memories that we have together that I'll, I'll cherish forever. I'll never forget them. And we're definitely going to be playing some more shows over the winter, so that'll be fun. But so, Fahrenheit played, we played a bunch of concerts, or I'm sorry, a bunch of gigs around the local area, um, and then college came, and once that hit, we really couldn't do much, we all split up, Brendan went off to Nashville, uh, Andrew stayed home for a little bit, but now he's off at Kutztown, and uh, Brendan King, who we call Dank, we call him Dank, Brendank. Because his name is Brendan K. Brendan King. So Dank stayed home because he was still in high school. And we all just kind of said, okay, we'll get back together over the break and play some gigs. Which we all, we did. We always did. Made good money from it. We had a great time. And unfortunately had to play Freebird <laughs> at the end of all of our shows. Which then became Stairway to Heaven, which was even worse. And then went back to Freebird. But that's okay. So Fahrenheit uh, tentatively kind of broke up, but not really because it wasn't a breakup. We still wanted to play together. We just couldn't. And I went off to college for a year, then transferred to another school. And by that point, I just kind of realized, hey, man, I'm not cut out for college anymore. Like, I, I learned all I needed to learn from school and high school. I took all the tests I needed to take, uh, and I'm really, I'm ready to hit the road. So I left college, got a job, and just started working and playing gigs. And then the virus hit, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to do anything about that. No gigs, no nothing, but thankfully, my dad worked with a awesome guy 
whose cousins were in a band, were in a jam band, which is the stuff that I love. Grateful Dead, Almond Brothers, you name it. That's the stuff I am into. So, contacted them and just really talked to them and they said, yeah, we'll take you under our wing, so to say, and show you the ropes because I hadn't been in the jam band community before. I was really just in the open mic night bar gig scene and not in the club scene or really playing different shows that the sort of jam band scene plays. So I contacted them and boom, lo and behold, I became the keyboardist and one of the vocalists for Muskrat Flats. We are currently working on our second album, and we're trying to book a bunch of shows now that coronavirus and quarantine is hopefully slowing down. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's everything that I kind of wanted to touch on. Um, yeah, that's the first episode of the Space Radio. We have officially lifted off. So I just want to say thank you so much, everybody, for listening to my first forego into the uh, podcast community. It's sort of exciting. It could be a big flop. I don't know. Some people may not want to listen to a crazy 20-year-old talk about nothing for a little while. (laughs) Not necessarily nothing, but today I didn't really talk about much other than myself. Next time, I would like to bring in someone else who, you know, we can really talk about some cool stuff. Some probably just, I would like to talk about some life stuff, you know, some existential stuff, really pondering about the meaning of life and whatnot. And, you know, what what music is to us and what it's done for us, because I know for me, music has done so much for me. It's literally been the backbone of my entire life, man. I mean, it's so interesting, too, because it's not like one genre or one artist has been the backbone of my entire life. It's switched so many times. I mean, Elton John, the Beatles, the Allman Brothers, the Grateful Dead at this point is the Grateful Dead through and through. Um, Queen. There's so many more. Uh, Joe Cocker. There's so many people that have influenced me so much. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I could go on and on. The band. I could go on and on. I just love music, man. And I want to spread that love through this podcast and through my music. So, yeah, if you like this, definitely let me know and I'll make some more. Because I would love to. This was fun. I decided to make some baked ziti this morning. And then while it was cooking, I said, okay, I'm going to come downstairs and... Record myself talking to a computer for (laughs) the entirety of the time it takes to cook. So now I'm going to go get that baked ziti and uh, feast on it. But yeah, thanks for listening. Let me know if you dig this idea of me doing a podcast and talking to some other people, hopefully. And yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Peace out and thank you for tuning in to the Space Radio. (laughs) 